Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Minneapolis Sam Phelan. Uh, up there for Titans joint practices against the Vikings. Uh, we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram, uh, TikTok, threads, and more for great Titans content. Uh, but we got to thank our sponsors before we officially get going here because they make it happen for us, and they help out all of you, like Wilson County Hyundai, Wilson County Hyundai, Dot com is where you should turn uh, to make them a part of your new car buying process. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, uh, for the uh, region's orthopedic and sports medicine care leaders. You've also got, <clears throat> excuse me, also uh, the OR app, keeping us all safe online, aura.com slash ATOZ. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's better coverage rates and service at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. And Krebs Kubota, with an elite Kubota dealership with three great locations in Murfreesboro, Franklin, and in Columbia online at KrebsKubota.com. So, Sam, uh, you're up there in Minnesota. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, Titans joint practices and Malik Willis, but I do want to give a massive shout-out to Nashville SC and the entire Nashville soccer community for what an incredible product to watch last night on my Apple TV streaming on my phone, watching, uh, watching Nashville. SC the boys in gold win two nothing to advance to the league cup final and host Lionel Messi on Saturday night at Geodis park for a championship against the best player in the world. I mean, it's going to be stupid, ridiculous. And I don't know what's going to happen because you're going to have the, Titans preseason game on against the Vikings at seven o'clock kickoff and then Nashville SC playing against Lionel Messi for a championship for an actual trophy an hour later. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know if Derrick Henry is going to try to charter a flight back uh, mm-hmm. to Nashville since he's not going to play because Derrick Henry, uh, part owner uh, of Nashville SC, you know, he's got some work. To, he's got some business to do. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be insane. And so Demetrius asked, uh, will the league cup be uh, final be televised? I don't know, but it was really easy to watch it on Apple TV last night for me. But uh, anyway, I, I'm not a soccer person, but damn, that was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, two goals late in that game. Sam, any thoughts on Nashville SC? As I know you were at the Twins game last night. Uh, yeah. When, so you didn't really see any of it. Yeah, I was in enemy territory at the Minnesota Twins game last night. Uh, you know, this is kind of an early shade. I guess it's shade on me because, like, I, I, don't, I don't know a ton about any of this. I don't know what the League's Cup is at all. Uh, I have absolutely no idea what's going on. I know that Nashville SC is playing games and uh, that people are pretty excited about it. So I'm, you know, excited for people who are excited about it. I, you know, I know nothing about soccer. I've tried to get into soccer. I'm not into soccer, but I know that it looks pretty fun. And I know that the city of Nashville cares a lot about it. So I'm trying to rally behind, uh, you know, the, the fans 
that are are getting up for this. And I know, you know, obviously having the the goat of soccer in Nashville taking on Nashville SC is kind of a, you know, a crazy who would have thought moment, you know, just a couple of years ago that this is uh, that this would be happening. So it's good for the city. It's definitely good for Nashville SC's brand. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can pull out a win. It's cool that the game's at home, too. It makes that, you know, all the more cool. Oh, and this is going to be the hardest. It's going to be a harder ticket than game six of the Stanley Cup final for the Preds versus the Penguins back in 2017. You think? Yes. That- Leo Messi. Leo Messi is coming to Nashville. It's soccer in the United ch- States, though. But there is there are 30,000 seats. It's Leo Messi. There is a massive soccer community in Nashville. There's going to be stars everywhere. It's going to be uh, that crazy. Right? I th- I think it saying it's a hotter ticket than Game Six of the Stanley yeah. Cup Final is is. A, I think ugh. you're underestimating Lionel Messi. I think you're underestimating the Preds and the Stanley Cup. <laughs> no, this is going to be different, dude. This is going to be insane, All and right. I'm not going to be there because there's no way I'm going to be able to compete with that. I mean, you're better plugged into the soccer community than I am. So I guess you've got a better idea. That just felt, that felt a little hot takey. Uh, we'll, we'll have to ah, see. Just wait. Cause those tickets well, go on sale to the public at one o'clock. And I don't think right, it's we'll going to last very long. Uh, Derek's is bad take. No, not a bad take. Good take. You guys, Lionel Messi is different. Everybody like there's going to be so many superstars and celebrities there to watch. Lionel but, Messi. but it's not like this is like the world cup final or like the it's, champions league. This is like, the, a, what is the league's cup? I don't even it's know. It's a that brand is. new tournament between the MLS and the top league in Mexico. And okay. You, so it's a cool, but I mean, it is a, it's a tournament. It's not even like, like, the yeah. Stanley Cup it is the most Look, historic trophy. Lionel Messi coming here for a legitimate game when there's a lot on the line is more important than whatever the tournament is. It's it's the it's the Lionel Messi factor. Yeah. The guy scored like nine goals. Maybe like I am underestimating yes, Messi, it, but it is stateside Messi. This is not Messi in Europe or Messi in Argentina. Messi is scoring more goals than regular Messi. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. I, that we'll see. that feels impossible. But, I think know. it's going to be insane. I think it's going to be nuts. Like, I, like Derek Henry will probably ask Mike Rabel to fly back to Nashville Look, and to not. Michigan Titan says, I don't. Th- I know how huge Messi is. Messi might be top three most popular athlete in the world right now. Yep. Uh, you know, and I'm aware of that. But is his popularity in the state of Nashville, like or the state of Tennessee, the city of Nashville? Like the Nashville Predators and the Stanley Cup final are popular in Nashville. I, I think I it's think I think so, it's going but... to be because it's one game, not a series. It's one game. I think it's gonna be insane. And so this is uh look, it's gonna be fun. I, I know we have a Titans audience and we never talk soccer. Uh, but uh, Lionel Messi is different. Nashville C it's a hell of a it's a hell of a product because hey, the Nashville C also has the MLS MVP on the roster, and he's really fun to watch and Hunter well, Mukhtar. Yeah, well, I'll say, too, like, Nashville SC as a whole has done a tremendous job. Like, it's funny to me. Like, I think it's really cool because I think the team is kind of a microcosm of the city itself. Yeah. Um, You kind of saw it come in here as the city was booming and finally starting to kind of, you know, elevate to this next level of being a big metro area that was, a you know, a hub for businesses, a hub for people, and a hub for sports. And as Nashville SC got here, it has very quickly – 
uh, grown in popularity amongst the people as the population has grown. And now you see it similar to Nashville continuing to grow to a national stage in the national spotlight more and more frequently. Um, and all that's going to do is be better for the team. I mean, you've got the Titans moving into a brand new stadium and, oh, yeah. you know, they're like how much they're trying to expand the downtown area. And at the same time, Nashville SC very quickly turning themselves into one of the bigger brands of the MLS right now. So it, it, it's a very cool thing that they've done in very short amount of time with that, you know, organization within this city. So, yeah, I mean, great for anybody who's been along for the ride since day one. But, yeah, Stanley Cup is the Stanley Cup, man. I don't yeah, know. I think it's going to be different. <laughs> so, we gotta, uh, I'll put out a poll later because, you know, this we'll, is... We'll just find out what the secondary ticket market's going to be like. Well, do you it, remember what it was for the Stanley Cup? Um, I mean, I'll have to go, like, jog my memory. To, I mean, like there's no way you're ago. getting into game six of the Stanley Cup for less than $500. Oh. That's what the secondary ticket market is going to be like that for, for this game. It's going to be insane. I mean, I, yeah. Oh, right, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And uh, somebody commented, I was trying to find it and bring it up, but this is, this is DeAndre Hopkins guy. DeAndre Hopkins wears the number, the Jersey number 10 because of Lionel Messi and now D hops. I might have to, to, I might have to ask him about that today. If I yeah. see him out there, if he's gonna, you know, if he's going to be watching what his plan is, how bummed he is that he can't make it to that game. And Dylan, I don't know if this is a football podcast or a football podcast, but it's one of the two right now. Look, we're gonna get a, we're gonna move past it. Let's move past it now because we're gonna. We had this plan to talk about the quarterback situation uh, on Monday show, and then Greg Rosenthal, who covers the NFL, tweeted this yesterday on Tuesday. One camp surprise: Malik Willis has a good chance to beat out Will Levis for the Titans' backup job. So let's chew on that for a second, Sam. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, Malik Willis has a good chance to beat out Will Levis for the Titans backup job. We're going to expand on that and get into our big conversation about the Titans quarterback future and how Malik Willis is throwing a wrench in all of the plans as the Titans came out of the draft with three quarterbacks in Tannehill, Malik, and in Will Levis. But first, let me tell you guys about the OR app. Aura can keep you safe online. They've been doing it uh, for me and several people with A to Z Sports over the last couple of months. Uh, that Aura has been a great sponsor of our show. Uh, Aura got rid of data brokers that were selling my information to spammers, telemarketers, robocallers, and 30 of, of those data brokers had my information. And Aura got rid of that in about five or six days by automatically submitting me out uh, of those lists on my behalf. And honestly, I don't get any robocalls anymore. Like it, it kind of, you kind of go a month or so and you're like, wait a second, this hasn't been happening anymore. <laughs> this is kind of cool. Aura's done that. They also protect your passwords, your credit and identity theft monitoring as well. So many different options in the Aura app and you can get a two week free trial with our link aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. That's aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you place your first wager on the BetMGM app with that bonus code ATOZ Sports. And even if it loses, it's another chance to win big, a second chance with your money back up to $1,000 on the king of sportsbooks. Make every game and play mean more with BetMGM and BetMGM.com. All right, Sam, so I'll toss it over to you. When I show you this tweet from Greg Rosenthal, who's covered the NFL for a long time, and he says, one camp surprise, Malik Willis has a good chance to beat out Will Levis 
for the Titans backup job. What is your reaction to that? Um, surprise. I don't know if it's necessarily the word I would use, but I do think it's very fascinating. And, and, you know, Zach and I talked about this on a show. You and I have talked about this on a show before. One thing I find very fascinating and intriguing about the Titans quarterback battle is that you're battling for a backup job with two guys who also were competing to be the team's future at quarterback. And so Mm -hmm. When you factor in who's ahead, this is so much bigger than, oh, a backup QB job. Like, this is not just Malik Willis is is giving Will Levis a run for his money to be Ryan Tannehill's backup this year. This is a situation to monitor throughout the rest of the season of Malik Willis potentially trying to prove to the Titans that he can be their future if Ryan Tannehill is not with the team next fall. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think surprise would be the word that I use, but I, I certainly think it's really intriguing because everybody I think is probably on the same page right now saying the Titans are going to keep three quarterbacks. Malik Willis is going to be on this roster. Will Levis is going to be on this roster. And over the next two weeks of preseason with both of them playing, we'll have to watch it, you know, who separates themselves and then watch and practice as well and see how this thing plays out over the course of a regular season where if Ryan Tannehill does go down, who's more ready to plug and play? And then who do you think has the higher ceiling moving forward for your offense? Yeah, I think when when I first saw the Rosenthal tweet, I thought it was too early to say that. I think it's, you know, Malik, credit to him, has done a very good job of improving, progressing, getting better. I still believe, and I think you would probably agree, uh, that, Will Levis has a much higher ceiling uh, as a NFL quarterback than Malik Willis. Well, I don't know if I would say he has the higher ceiling. I just think certainly I think Will Levis has a higher floor. Um, And when you have a higher floor and you're looking at potentially a backup job right now, Will Levis seems to be the guy that, you know, looks more like Ryan Tannehill in terms of his play style, his success out of, you know, under center, his success out of play action, things like that, that the Titans like to run. I mean, Will Levis or uh, Malik Willis's athleticism is a unique trait to him that you're seeing more and more of out of NFL quarterbacks that could potentially make his ceiling very, very high. But yeah, maybe it is a bit early to say he's ahead, I think Will Levis still is viewed as the Titans future as of right now, because Malik Willis was bad enough last year that the Titans were comfortable enough drafting a quarterback with a 33rd overall pick. And so Malik has substantially improved, but he's still climbing an uphill battle to prove to the Titans and everybody else that he can be the guy after looking so raw as a rookie. Yeah, and so people are saying that they disagree with me about Will Levis having a higher ceiling than Malik, and Dylan said false, uh, D'Lo saying how, uh, yeah, Mr. I, Jones I, saying Levis has a high bust probability, Curtis, why does he have a higher ceiling? They have a lot of the same traits. Yeah, I think, you I know, here's my answer Curtis. to that. My, they do have similar traits. I'm not disagreeing with that. I think Will Levis has a better arm talent. Will Levis's arm talent is better fair. than Malik Willis's. And yeah. and Malik Willis's overall like athletic profile is probably better than Will Levis's. 
but I think Will Levis's arm talent is pretty strong. Like ability to make a bunch of different throws from different platforms with velocity. Now, arm talent is kind of like the word potential. It doesn't mean a lot unless you make good decisions with it, right? Yeah. And you can learn how to throw it in there. But that that's that's why I say Levis has a higher ceiling is because his arm talent is better than Malik's. And Malik has a good arm. But Levis's release is quicker, faster, and just better than Malik's. And Malik can still be successful. I'm not saying that he doesn't have a strong arm or doesn't have a good arm. I just think Will Levis has a pretty strong arm talent, pretty high-level arm talent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because Malik is – Will has the better arm talent. He has the very, very high potential you know, profile of strong arm – effortless release off platform throws that you want to see out of a franchise quarterback. Malik has a strong arm. It's not as, you know, it's just not as good as Wills. I don't think Malik is a guy who's going to make a ton of off platform cross body throws downfield uh, and really excel as a, you know, just having a powerful arm, but he has a good arm. And I think the same thing goes the other way, though, with when you talk athleticism. Malik is a plus-plus athlete, and, and his speed downfield is good enough to run away from guys and make plays with his legs. While Will Levis is not that guy, he's also a solid athlete. Will can run and you know make plays happen when he needs to on the ground, but he doesn't have that same you know, X playability with his feet that Malik does. So I think that kind of balances it out a little bit. To your point, though, Arm talent, high-end arm talent is probably more of a premium in a quarterback than a high-end running talent is because arm talent can lead to quick scores more often than rushing talent does. You don't see too many. Justin Fields last year running for four 70-yard touchdowns in a season was an anomaly. That doesn't happen. Um, But you do see guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes that have these huge arms, you know, throwing deep touchdowns all the time that can change a game. But you also have arm talent guys that didn't do anything in the NFL. And the, the yeah. one that comes to my mind, the, the quickest is because I have the familiarity, Tyler Bray, former Tennessee Vol, incredible arm talent, but he didn't do anything in the NFL. And a lot of different reasons and variables of why he was undrafted sure. and why he didn't have much of a career. That's the point though. Arm talent doesn't mean anything if you don't apply decisions. It. Yeah, yes. decisions. And that's that, that's the that's the whole point of what I'm saying. So, all right. So now let's ask this question because I didn't mean to start. Uh, and look, hey, Jamarcus Russell, MBs, yeah, arm talent. But I, I think there's more nuance than just throwing the football 80 yards on your knees with arm talent. I think it's the ability of how you make different types of throws with velocity and changing things up and being able to layer stuff. That's arm talent, not just throwing the ball as far as possible. Yeah. Uh, so now let's ask this question, Sam, because we hinted at it earlier in the week. We've got three options for this question. What was the biggest reason why the Titans drafted Will Levis? That's the question. The three options we have are Malik Willis's rookie struggles, Ryan Tannehill's expiring contract, or the Will Levis ceiling. So all three are valid reasons on why they drafted Levis. But what's the biggest reason why? And I'll say the options again. Uh, it's Malik Willis's rookie struggles, Ryan Tannehill's expiring contract, or Will Levis's ceiling as a prospect. So what was the biggest reason why the Titans drafted Levis? 
But first, Sam, tell everybody about the Bone and Joint Institute. The Bone and Joint Institute, it's the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. You, located out in Franklin, you can schedule an appointment at boneandjointtn.org. Bone and Joint Institute has a state-of-the-art rehab facility that can assist in your recovery with everything from rehab, image, surgery, clinic, and testing all under one roof because whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know who you can trust. And with care like that and a facility like that, you can definitely trust them. You're not driving all over Middle Tennessee to go to your appointments as convenient as possible out in Franklin. So go see our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute and schedule an appointment at boneandjointtn.org. And with BetMGM, you can always win big with BetMGM with our first bet offer with our bonus code, ATOZ Sports. I lost at BetMGM last night because I uh, picked Nashville SC to lose that game. I did my old emotional hedging there with that philosophy, but it's okay. Nashville SC wins, and it was worth the money that I spent and lost on BetMGM. But uh, with our first bet offer with bonus code ATOZ Sports, you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. So take advantage of that. For this upcoming football season, once again, sign up with BetMGM with code ATOZ Sports for up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and other requirements. First online role money wager. Only rewards issued in nominal bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days. And for problem against sport, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. So, Sam, it's a loaded question. Uh, a lot of tough it's a difficult questions. It's a difficult one. Like you said, sure. I think all three work. So it, like, it's, it's just about weighing what is the oh. strongest conviction the Titans had. No doubt. All three are, are, are part of why they drafted Will Levis, but what's the biggest reason Malik's rookie struggles, Ryan Tannehill's expiring contract or Will Levis's ceiling. Uh, I'll send you to the chat there, Sam. Mike says it's Malik struggles because Willis sucked. He says, uh, you know, Chris says the same thing. Malik looked lost his rookie year. That's why Curtis says it's Malik's rookie struggles. Orlando says it's the expiring deal. Uh, Titans. Kyle says it is Malik struggles. Uh, we've got the Tannehill contract from D We've got the rookie struggles from Joe. We've got the rookie struggles from Eric. Uh, Steven says the three QB limit, which I think is the, Maybe he's referring to the new rule, which I would no, say. No, that's not it. Incorrect. Uh, if that's what he's saying, I don't think that's why at all. Um, the same reason they drafted Malik to replace Tannehill, says VAB, the Tannehill contract from Pistol, option A from Guy, which is the Tannehill contract, I believe. No, option A would be Malik's rookie struggles. Malik's rookie struggles. Okay. Uh, Levis's ceiling from Billy Jones. We've got the rookie struggles from MB, Major Keys, and Daniel Smith. Matt says it's the Tannehill contract. So does Ira Hoshi. Roy says it's Malik struggles. So does JR. Uh, we've got the same thing from Steven, the same thing from Dwayne, the same thing from top tier. Davidson says Tannehill's expiring contract. Uh, and David says C with a mix of B. So uh, he believes a little bit more in the, the Will Levis potential, the Will Levis okay. high end here, the expiring contract and the rookie contract from Bork to get younger and cheaper. Good point on the rookie deal from Bork there. You never know, uh, you know, what getting cheap at quarterback can do. Deborah says it's Levis's ceiling. Eric says it's Malik's rookie struggles. Austin Stanley, what do you say about this big <sighs> Titans question? So I'm going to, because this is diff very difficult and I'm between Tough two. One. I'll tell you which one it's not to me. I do not think the biggest reason why they drafted Will Levis is because of Will Levis's ceiling. I think that's the easiest one to remove from the conversation, in my opinion. Uh, because if they thought 
it was Will Levis's ceiling, they probably would have drafted him at 11. If they really felt like Will Levis's ceiling was that damn good, you don't pass on him with the risk of losing him, right? Now, we've talked about that opinion of, of mine several times post-draft, but that's why I'm removing Will Levis's ceiling from this equation. I'm having a really hard time, Sam, of picking between Malik's rookie struggles or Ryan Tannehill's contract, but I think I'm going to land with Malik Willis's rookie struggles. If Malik Willis did not get benched for 15 days in the office, Josh Dobbs, who had never started an NFL game, and they thought Malik could help them win a game late when Tannehill went down, I don't think there's a need to draft another quarterback. Like they always knew Ryan Tannehill's contract was coming up at this point because of how they handled uh, the situations uh, with the restructures for Tannehill's deal with Julio and a couple other moves. They knew it was going to be big, but I, I really feel like they had to go with Levis because Tannehill's deal was up and they weren't quite comfortable with Malik. And they thought, Hey, I'd rather have two rookie contracts to choose from than one rookie contract and then maybe have to go spend 15 to $20 million on a bridge quarterback who's probably not as good as Ryan Tannehill. So I, my final answer, Sam, A, Malik Willis's rookie struggles is the biggest reason why the Titans drafted Will Levis. I think you got it just right with the Ryan Tannehill thing. I mean, okay. this is a contract that, you know, has been expiring. And so you drafted Malik last year to be your replacement in waiting for Ryan Tannehill's contract. So I don't think Ryan Tannehill's contract had anything to do with Will Levis necessarily being drafted. I mean, there is the idea of knowing the veteran option that we've been relying on probably won't be here next fall. And you might want to give yourself a better chance of having the the guy is the replacement, but that's not what this is to me because you've known that that was coming for a while, but I will go on the opposite side of you here because I think that the Titans drafted Will Levis because of Will Levis. And what (laughs) I think (laughs) I was not expecting that. I actually kind of spit on my computer screen. I, I think they drafted Will Levis because of Will Levis, because of the potential and the pedigree that they saw from him because of, the prototype that he is because of the quarterback that he can be in Mike Vrabel's system and the character that he showed them in their meetings with him. And so I I hear your argument about not drafting him at number 11, but I think Rand and Mike Vrabel talked a lot about that when the draft happened of saying, look, you don't know who's going to be available. We were trying to get a blue chip prospect. Peter Skaronsky, they view as a foundational piece for what they're trying to do moving forward. They didn't think he was going to be there, and he was. And as Rand has said, and I've heard Rand say this out of his own mouth, I don't know if it was at the podium or just talking to some of us at practice one day, they were kicking the tires on drafting Will and prepared to draft Will at 11 mm-hmm. had Peter Skaronsky not fallen to them. And right. so that was a big reason the Titans tried to trade back into the first round to get him is because they like what he can be in this system. And they see a guy who has success out of play action, who has the big arm talent, who is not afraid to let it rip over the middle, who has plus athleticism to escape pressure, get out of you know the pocket and make something happen with his legs. And I think 
Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon see that as a guy that they want to build their next offense around because I think he's got more stability than Malik Willis. And at the time, you know, you probably had Malik Willis written off. And so this was about Will Levis's ceiling as an NFL quarterback, getting him on that rookie contract, having at least three years of him on that rookie deal as your starter and trying to maximize his potential as basically worst case scenario in their eyes. I think Will Levis is Ryan Tannehill. Best case scenario, he's a higher upside version of Ryan Tannehill. Best case scenario, he's a higher upside version of Tannehill. Like, well, best case scenario, we've talked about this. I think the the home run comp is Josh Allen because of the arm talent and the athleticism. I don't think he's. The, I don't think he's sheer... the athlete that Josh Allen is. I think he could be. I do think. He I, could don't, be. I don't. I don't think, think so. he uses Josh it Allen as much is as different. Josh Allen, Josh Allen is a Josh Allen. Josh is Allen is a... more size, which I yeah. think you know helps his athleticism be that much more dangerous that he can actually run you over. Uh, but I, I think the the high end home run comp. Not saying this is what Will Levis is is Josh Allen. I think low end though, he can be Ryan Tannehill. I think he that's can a operate pretty high low end though. Well, that's how I feel about Will Levis. Like I I think Ugh. his skill set in a Mike Vrabel on a Mike Vrabel team is a, a perfect match. I think Will Levis could have gone a lot of places that he doesn't work going with Mike Vrabel to Tennessee an offense that prioritizes running the football that now has wide receivers like Traylon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins to give him intermediate targets he, that he just has to, you know, give a shot to and throw it close to them. I think puts Will in the best case scenario for him as an NFL quarterback. And if you're the Titans, you saw that John Robinson's guy, Malik Willis, was kind of a home run project that you took a chance on and wasn't exactly coming along like you wanted. And then the guy that had all the skill sets that fit into what you wanted to do became available to you and you pulled the trigger. I'm reading the chat uh, while listening and and I feel like low end Tannehill, uh, Sam is jet lagged. Now you didn't change any time zone, so I don't know why you'd be jet lagged yeah, there no up, to, up to Minneapolis, but uh, then you have people calling me out for my orange tinted glasses that I hate Will Levis. I don't hate Will Levis. I just, I've watched Will Levis a lot because I watch SEC football. I bet on SEC football. Will Levis turned the ball over in really inopportune times a lot. What did you do on Saturday? You turned the ball over at a really inopportune time and the Titans lost the game. Now it's a preseason game. Who cares? The result doesn't matter. But Will Levis's problems were the same right in his first game there and he, yeah. he should get better. Right. But I, mean, I, I think somebody said that Will Levis is low end is Carson Wentz. And I kind of agree I think with that's that. That's fair. That's I fair. Think, I think so. I, I'll walk the, I'll walk that AC, back post ACL tear Carson Wentz. I will pre -ACL walk that tear Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate. Yeah. I, well, I'll walk that back because I, you know, I've said before, I think Ryan Tannehill is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league. I think he's top inarguably top 15 and you have to put him in the upper half. But at, at worst, he's right around the middle point. So I do think to say Will Levis, that's his low end. Okay, that's a bit All right, that's a bit premature there that's on my part. I, I'll walk that much back. But I, I think I meant that in the sense that like how we've seen Ryan Tannehill operate this Titans offense has been limiting his turnovers, using his feet when he needs to, putting the ball where it needs to go, and – 
giving them everything they need out of a quarterback where if the other cogs in the wheel are turning, you can score enough points. And there have been seasons where the other cogs have been a little bit out of whack and the quarterback hasn't done anything special to make the offense work when the other cogs aren't, you know, in sync. So I think in that, that's kind of what I meant for Levis in that sense, where I I think the Titans view him even on his low end. I think they believe they can polish enough out of his skill set to get a competent quarterback that can operate the system and make it work as long as the other pieces fall into place. But I do, I I will, will agree with that, that saying he's, you know, a top half NFL starter and his low end is probably a bit much. So I'll, yeah. uh, uh, there you go. All right. Uh, that's, that's fair. All right. So I got a couple super chats and I want to go back to the, the Malik Willis aspect of this because he is making the Titans decision a lot more difficult because he is yeah. given no reason for the Titans to knock him out of that QB two spot. So we'll get to more of that uh, from the Malik side of things. But first Krebs Kubota, they are an elite Kubota dealer with three incredible locations in the middle Tennessee area, Franklin, Columbia, and in Murfreesboro. What does it mean to be an elite Kubota dealer? It means you have the best equipment and everything that goes along with it, which means the warranties and the service aspect of having a Kubota a power unit, a, a piece of a Boda, Kubota equipment uh, that looks phenomenal and it performs great too. Then you have the Krebs family that's been doing it for over 18 years with their three locations, Murfreesboro, Columbia, Franklin, and they have customer service that is beyond elite because it's all about relationships. And if you think you don't need a relationship with an, an equipment provider, then you're wrong because you absolutely do because things break. You're using a lot of force, a lot of energy and power going into the earth in your property. If you have big projects where you're trying to do things out in the county land and you got to have big units and big power, then you need Krebs Kubota to help you out. Maybe you should have small projects around your house. Maybe you're like me and a new trimmer is all you need. They've got that as well and the best of it. So check them out online or at their three great locations. Once again, Columbia, Franklin, Murfreesboro website. Pretty cool. Check it out. KrebsKubota.com. Today's show powered by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's up to $1,000 back when you place your first wager if your bet loses with BetMGM.com, the king of sports books. So use the bonus code that's ATOZ Sports on the king of sports books, BetMGM. So we're having this conversation. Uh, Greg Rosenthal yeah. kind of added some more to it. Go ahead. Yeah. I, well, I got a couple of, I got, this is an interesting one for me here. Okay. I got another interesting wrinkle to this because so Austin, I, I would ask you real quick, name a game manager, a quarterback right now that you feel to be a solid game managing quarterback in the national football league. I mean, I, I think like, are you trying to use the term game manager as like a knock? Uh, No, I, I don't view it as a knock. Okay. So a game manager that, that does a good job of, a guy that's through. not special but does the job for his team and gets yeah. it where it needs to go. Jimmy and, Garoppolo, know. Kirk Cousins, I think Derek Carr. Right. Okay. Fall. I'm a Jimmy, you know, I like Jimmy G, personal uh, Chicago connection, but putting him with Kirk Cousins is a bit of a, uh, I don't know. And oh, but again, like you're talking about game managers. I think my point those is guys, this. like quarterback operations, right? Like that's yeah. what we're talking about. Well, my point is this. That are not Kobe super says special. you don't draft a QB high second round to be a game manager. I would I say you do. <laughs> I think that's exactly what you do. Uh, yes. it, because if you told me that, yeah, here's a good Jared Goff. Is he a game manager? Probably. I like, mean, but Jared he, Goff does have some 
he Jared Goff is like an arm talent guy, right? Like right. that's so maybe he is the Will Levis comp of the game manager with the arm talent. Regardless of what it is, the opportunity to draft a game manager that can run and be a solid starter for you on a rookie contract, every team in the NFL takes with a second round pick. Every team wants that. If you're yeah. in need of a quarterback or at least some answer for the future, if you can find a solid starter on a rookie deal that can be a game manager and lead your offense that's what you want. So, yeah, I do think that's exactly when you take um, a second-round guy. And here's another name that came into my mind that I think might be a decent Will Levis comp just to show you that much because here's an athlete with decent upside, decent pedigree, but has been nothing more than a game manager for his team that just got paid is Daniel Jones. And so that goes to show you how – valuable it can be to just be an athletic young quarterback with fresh legs and some pedigree that tries to lead his team and if you're able to do the job you can get paid over a hundred million dollars so to get him on a rookie deal is a steal which is why I think I answered the way I answered yeah. about the Titans betting on Levis's upside. Yeah. Valentino says real quick. Um, he says the first two rounds, definitely not game manager. That's go getters. No, go, go look at the, go look at the list. Of second the round top rounds. 10. You're okay with a game manager. Yeah. Like let's be honest I, here. If well, you can get a starting quarterback outside every, of the, yeah. Every starting quarterback has to be a good game manager. Like it's, it, you know, that has to be a part of the equation, but Go look at the list of quarterbacks drafted in the second and third rounds. You know, you have the Jalen Hurts. That's the outlier, right? Outside of that, recently, there's not really a breakthrough stud quarterback that has come after the first round. You know, I'm sure you're going to name Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, but that's decades ago, both of them. Like, one guy's multiple decades ago. You just don't get those. And Kirk Cousins was a fourth rounder. So, you know, and that was nearly a damn decade ago, too, because RG3 uh, has been out of the game uh, for a while. And so I just think quarter elite quarterbacks go in the first round. Quarterbacks that have deficiencies go after the first round. And Will Levis and Malik Willis both drop to after the first round for whatever reason. Levis is because of his lack of good decision-making. And then you have Malik Willis, I think, was hurt more most by Hugh Freeze and playing at Liberty. Yeah, I saw a comment back here, and I'm uh, major keys. This is a fair comment saying we want more than a game manager, as you should, as any fan base should. And so I do understand, you know, if Will Levis was a game manager, if that's what he ends up being in his NFL career, why there would be some people that are unsettled by that and, and strive to go from good to great. I think game managers are good quarterbacks. They're not great quarterbacks. And, you know, you usually need a great quarterback to win the Super Bowl. But if the Titans view Will Levis as a guy that is a low-end, good game-managing quarterback and a high-end, great quarterback that channels all of this arm talent into being one of those top eight guys in the league, then that draft pick is worth the draft pick. Absolutely. And I think that's why you pick him. And so that's how I believe they view him as somebody that can at least be their starter and do what he's asked to do and manage the game to win football games for the Titans and keep them relevant and keep them hanging around contention like Mike Vrabel likes to be. And the high end, if it clicks, 
is, you know, your future franchise QB. So that's the, like where I view Will Levis in the Titans eyes and in my eyes. And I know not everybody shares that same opinion of him. Austin makes a great point that arm talent doesn't matter with bad decisions. So the, the mission now for Will is seeing how over this preseason over practices over his first year calendar year in the national football league, how does he improve as a decision maker and as a leader and as an operations guy and, you know, when you're at this point next year, who's on your roster and who do you feel can be a franchise quarterback? And is that Will Levis? Because you only got four years with him and Malik. They don't have that fifth year option. So you're going to need to make a decision and, and stick with it and, you know, see what you have. Yeah. Uh, some super chats here. I, whoop, I hit the wrong button. So let me get back to the super chat um, <clears throat> on this uh, here. Today, I did see uh, Andre says, I still think Titans being impatient with Malik caused them to panic when they missed the top guys and decided to reach for Levis. He wasn't a first pick. You know, I, I think impatient with Malik, I think it's more just like, that's just like the Titans don't have the ability to be patient though, right? So here, here's why I disagree with the idea that this is a Malik thing, a Malik panic, a Malik reaction. The Titans could have just gone into this season with Ryan Tannehill as their starter and been fine with that. I don't think Will Levis is going to play this year. I don't think the plan is for Will Levis to play this year, at least. Yeah, the plan in the Titans' eyes. Play last year, but Tannehill got hurt, and that's what they're left with. But you didn't draft Will Levis in the second round to be a backup quarterback in case Ryan Tannehill gets hurt. You drafted him to be the future. So the Titans could have gone into this season. You drafted him to be I agree. I agree. But the Titans could have gone into this year with Ryan Tannehill, played that out, and and circled back in the draft or circled back in free agency next year and found a guy that was just fine. Like you can go get a Jimmy Garoppolo next season. You can go get whoever next season. Sure. But I right. So, but you can go and get that guy and find a replacement level. You can bring Ryan Tannehill back on a one-year deal. There are ways you can circle back to find your next quarterback if you don't believe Malik is that dude next offseason. The reason they drafted Will Levis is because they believe Will Levis is that answer. Like if you were if you were responding to Malik's underwhelming rookie year, you just keep things like they are. You sign Trevor Simeon this offseason to compete with Malik for the backup job. You have that another guy in the building in case Ryan Tannehill goes down. And then you try and get a guy in the first round next season or you sign a veteran. But the Titans felt highly like they they valued Will highly enough that they were willing to use essentially a first round pick, trade, trade up, up to go yeah. get him and, you know, I guess make him their future guy. I guess my whole thing is that if Malik Willis gave – the Titans confidence that he would be able to be the future. There's no reason the draft will love us because you already had that's, it. I mean, that's true. Right. And so I mean, that's where I think the biggest reason why they drafted Levis is because they did not have confidence that Malik could be the future. So now, okay. Tannehill's got this year and that's it. Malik. We have no idea wild card because of the rookie year that wasn't, you know, you had your you had low expectations for Malik because of Liberty stuff, and then I don't think those expectations even budged. I think it stayed low, 
And so now you had, you could just roll into the last year of Tannehill without any other option. And so that's where they felt they had to go spend a high draft capital spot on, on a quarterback, like where they could have drafted a lot of other things, not at 33, but in the second round pick where they had a still pretty valuable second round option at 42. But so I guess like, like, look, we said off the top, all three of the things we listed were contributing factors, including Malik not giving the Titans confidence in him moving forward. Yeah. I just don't believe you draft a quarterback at 33 overall and trade up for him out of panic to replace your quarterback next season. Like they had time to find their next guy if they felt like Malik wasn't the dude. So even if Malik didn't give them confidence, they don't make that draft pick where they made it. And as uh, I believe it was MB pointed out just a little bit ago, they wanted that fifth year option and tried to get back into the first round. And as major key says, uh, I think he's trying to go with you on this saying, Rand didn't believe in me. Key wanted his guy. The point is will Levis was his guy and they drafted well, him because he's fair. his guy. Well, I think it's, it's also that Rand did not draft Malik. Yeah. Right. They're both are both are at play there. But Rand's not drafting a quarterback just to draft a quarterback. He doesn't operate that way. I don't know. He just says he rolls the dice and he got a good value. He rolls the dice in his value buckets that he explained. Yeah. And the same reason he didn't draft a receiver in the third round just to draft a receiver. He wasn't saying, ah, we probably need another guy in here to compete with Malik. Might as well but trade again, up and draft the quarterback 33 overall. Let's also remember that John Robinson was asked the same question about why you drafted Malik in the third round. And that was a value answer too. Is that, okay, you get a guy that has a really high upside at a, at a premium position in Malik Willis in the third round. Why not? Because it was your second, third round pick. You already checked a couple boxes on, you know, with offensive line and other player positions of need and receiver. You did the AJ thing and boom. Now you go up there and you get a premium position player at 86 overall. You know, it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. It's hedging. That's them hedging their bets too. Right. But at 30, 33 is different than 86 also. Like, I mean, that's a, you know, it's a step up. Like I said, it's basically a first round pick. It's the first pick of the second round in most drafts. So I think that shows enough conviction from the Titans point of view to, to show you the faith that they have and will moving forward. This is not a bet hedge. This is not a lottery ticket. This is a guy that they have made a substantial investment in, including trading in the 71st pick in the draft, whatever it was uh, to drop back like 12 spots, which cost them a chance to draft Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. So it was a substantial investment from the Titans to go and get Will Levis. Whether that works out, I don't know, but I think that says a ton about Will Levis and how the Titans view him. Like you don't take Uh, a lottery ticket in the beginning at the beginning of the second round. It's different than drafting Stetson Bennett or Max Duggan or Malik Willett or Whoever in like the third, fourth, fifth round of the draft, this is, you know, a premier quarterback prospect that was one of the four best QBs in everybody's minds in the draft that you thought would go in the first round that you wanted to draft in the first round that you ended up getting second round value for. All right. You're sticking to your story. Uh, Ryan says, go back to the QB that has lost his two home playoff games. Uh, Levis will have much more successful playoff record than Ryan Tannehill. All right. That is stepping out on a ledge there, there, Ryan. Uh, it is. 
got to make the quite, playoffs first. Yeah, right. You got to win. You got to start in the NFL, win a starting job. Hell, uh, Ryan, uh, Will Levis needs to win the backup job over Malik Willis before you can start saying that he's going to have a better playoff record than Ryan Tannehill. Like, calm your shorts there, Ryan. I think Ryan's got more big blue mist in his face than I have orange tinted glasses. Oh, gosh. Because Ryan's all over me about The claws are coming out. Yeah, I I think Ryan's just being in. Like, like, read this again. Will Levis will have much more successful playoff record than Ryan Tannehill. Like, beat out Malik Willis first. And then then you can talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I'm here as the unbiased viewer. I just love it. I, I love watching Kentucky, like big blue versus I'm big orange. I'm not even making kinda... Kentucky about it until Ryan throws something. Yeah, that's what they all say. It. That's what they all say. I know, I, yeah. Hey, I, I'm here for it. I'm here for the, uh, Sean, the bro I mean, this is not going to go away. Let's just, uh, let's see what, uh, how much does Will Levis have to do in a Titans uniform for the Kentucky people? and the Tennessee people to do like the handshake emoji together. Like, I mean, Kentucky uh, fans, Tennessee fans supporting Will Levis handshake in the middle verbal meme. Uh, Derek Henry has proven plenty and it wasn't the 2000 yard season. It was the, it was the 238 yard performance against the Jags on Thursday night football where Tennessee fans and Alabama fans were like, yeah, this guy's pretty damn good, you know, <laughs> like, but again, Derek Henry was a Heisman trophy winner. So there was not any ball fans being like, yeah, Derrick Henry is not a good college player or anything. So it is It is a very interesting uh, – you know, I'll save it. I'll save it. Yeah, fair. Because uh, we've got another topic to get to. We, um, we're going to be quick with it, but yeah. we got to talk about joint practices here. Yes, yeah. So, a uh, good question here for joint practices uh, versus the Vikings. Will this be better for the Titans' offense or better for the Titans' defense uh, here going – against the Vikings uh, tomorrow and joint practices. But first, I'm going to tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans can help you out with whatever your health coverage needs are, uh, whether you need everything, the whole kit and caboodle. Farm Bureau Health Plans can help you out right there. Maybe uh, you've got health coverage uh, basis from your employer, but you need better vision. You need better dental uh, plans. They can get you that uh, singularly there too to pick and choose. Or maybe uh, you're young, you're trying to enter the full adult world and you have no idea what to do when it comes to shopping and looking for your own health coverage. Farm Bureau Health Plans can bridge the gap for you and make that super easy on you with all the educational resources they have. And it's so easy to set up. They've been serving uh, Tennesseans for over 75 years. So check them out online at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Today's show powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up for BetMGM and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you place a wager with that bonus code. And even if your bet loses, you get money back up to $1,000 and a second chance to win big. Get with the king of sports books. Make every game mean more with BetMGM.com and the BetMGM app. All right. So joint practices versus the Vikings. Uh, will it be better for the Titans offense or better for the Titans defense? Sam, I'll send you the chat see what everybody's saying. Then we'll get your thoughts up there. Curtis says better for the D. Steven says the offense, titanium Titan defense, Andre defense. Deborah says offense. Stephen King says offense. Mr. Jones says specifically the offensive line. Uh, we got defense for IR Hoshi. Definitely the defense for Luman. Defense from Eric, uh, offense from Pistol Ramsey, defense from Jody, offense from Michigan Titan. We've got uh, specifically the O-line from Michigan Titan, offense from Samuel, defense from Michael, 
uh, defense from Yuri saying he's they're going up against Justin Jefferson. We've got uh, let's see what else we got here. We got a lot of both. You guys can't say both defense from top yeah. tier offense from pistol Ramsey defense from Lemetrius defense from Matt offense from Eddie. Uh, so pretty split down the middle here. Uh, a lot of answers on both sides. And I get why everybody's saying defense because Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, uh, TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne. That's what I was looking for. I was thinking KJ oh. Hamler. He's on Denver. Yes. Uh, KJ Osborne, TJ Hawkinson, Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. There's a lot of offensive pieces for Minnesota that are going to be fun to watch the Titans defense match up with Christian Fulton against Justin Jefferson. That's fun. Roger McCreary in the slot with some of these guys. And what does Jordan Addison look like? That's fun. But this is about the Titans offense for me because this is what we're not going to see in the preseason is Ryan Tannehill out there with Traylon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins and the starting offensive line throwing against an opponent that is not the Titans defense. So that's what I'm excited to see is how this group gels, how they look against an opponent that is not their own team and finally watch this group and hopefully watch them dominate. Like I, I, I would feel better about the Titans watching Ryan Tannehill and the offense go down, lead a couple drives and score on the Vikings. than watch them have a couple turnovers of Kirk cousins and the Vikings offense on the defensive side of the ball. So like, this is about this offensive unit that is not going to play together in the preseason, making sure that they can gel together and look good against a pretty competent Minnesota defense. Okay. I mean, it's a competent Minnesota defense, but I don't think it's the Minnesota defense from a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's, it's more about it. Look, I get it. it. The Minnesota offense, you can say, is elite. They at least have some elite weapons that are good matchups for the Titans. But I think seeing the offense together playing real get, live snaps against another team is going to be really, really formative. But I also think you're looking at the Titans defense that like Titans defenders that played against the Bears that are worth anything or what Rashad Weaver uh, Monty Rice, Jack Gibbons, and Elijah Molden. Yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of it, right? Yeah, they didn't play their defensive starters either. I just, I think it's easier to come together as a defense and do your sure. job as an individual. The offense, everything works together, and it does in a defense too, but to a I lesser extent. I get that, but I, I think if there is, you know, defensively, there is a question about the Titans secondary that we truly can't answer outside of these joint practices and like they have the Patriots come to Nashville next week. You're not going to, you know, I mean, what is, uh, you know, Juju uh, Smith, Juju Smith Schuster is not going to do anything by slowly running by Christian Fulton. No, but how, all right, quick trivia here, Sam, how many former first round picks do the Vikings have amongst their pass catching group, former first round picks, that the, that the Vikings have among their pass catching group. We'll go with four, five. Mm. Cause you got the starters in Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and then TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. But uh, now they were busts, but Jalen Rager and Nikhil Harry. <laughs> also, I forgot. they. Had, uh, I had Rager in that there. Yeah. I, I forgot they signed Nikhil Harry. Yeah. So look, those Jalen Rager is at least fast. Like, I mean, like he can at least like test you in one-on-ones. 
You know, if you're trying to see if Roger McCreary or Elijah Molden or my guy, Eric Garr, is going to be a good slot corner, you can at least run up, line up against like 4-3-40 Jalen Rager in the slot and see what happens. You have to clarify, by the way, it is Garr. I did learn that. Eric, what did I say? Garr. It is Eric Garr. I, I struggled with it for like four weeks, and so I had to look up a lot of videos. So, yeah, just so we, we have that out there because he's he's trending up. So Yeah, he is trending up. Um, so, look, I, I do think – I think you can – learn a lot about the Titans defensive backs in these practices because look, the Titans defensive front has been really damn good. There've been practices where the offense can't do anything because the defensive front is just ruining it. That doesn't mean that the secondary is playing great. They could be, but I think this is the real test to find out um, really what the Titans secondary can do gelling together. I want to see seven on seven victories from the Titans defense versus the Vikings offense. Like, take the 11 on 11 out of it because I don't want Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry and Harold and, and Key, you know, hiding and, and covering up some potential deficiencies in the back end. Hmm. That's interesting that the seven on seven, seven was, on seven. That's what I, I mean, that's what I want to that You know, the defense is kind of supposed to lose, though. I mean, it's tough for yes, a defense to I, win seven on seven. So I, not, I mean, I get what you're saying. Jeffrey Simmons and Arden Key get after the quarterback. You know, it it can cover up some of those deficiencies. But, um, yeah, you want answers about can Christian wanna, Fulton guard Justin Jefferson? And, I want to isolate you know, that, right? I want to yeah. isolate the secondary versus the pass. I want the pass coverage, right, including the inside linebackers. I think it's a great test for, you know, Aziz and uh, Jack Gibbons and Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker to have to guard TJ Hawkinson. It's a yeah, good, hey, well, look, this is uh, – I think a testament to how fun of the how fun these practices are going to be, though, because I think there's an argument for both of these to be must-watch scenarios. And Minnesota is a great team for the Titans to kind of stack up, you know, and kind of see how they stack up against some talent here, especially with a lot of the starters. Hopefully, on the practice field, well, I was pumped to watch Tampa Bay and Joints last year, and then. Tom Brady was out and Mike Evans was out and Julio Jones was out. And you just kind of went, Oh, well, this is a lot less exciting now. So and the Cardinals didn't bring anybody. Yeah. So hopefully we get the starters for Minnesota and we can see how these matchups go. Yep. A to Z sports here live on this Wednesday. Let's get to throw in shade to wrap up the show. And uh, we have to talk about, the blind side, Michael Orr versus the Tui situation in throwing shade as well. Uh, so it is time to throw some shade. Ooh. If you got shade, throw it at us. We want to hear it. Here we go. <laughs> Presented by Wilson County Hyundai. Make Wilson County Hyundai a part of your new car buying process. Go see your friends Payne Bone and his team in Lebanon or online at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. So Sam, do you want to go ahead and do your shade? before we uh, have some comments. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I'll go quick here. Cause it, it was actually a shade that we talked about briefly on the show when you were having your little Tennessee versus Kentucky bout that you were going back and forth on. I got a shade. Uh, it, man, is it just sec fans? I, I don't know. I was talking about this in the media room the other day, Austin, I find this very, very interesting about football culture throughout the United States and, you know, growing up in big 10 country, it's very interesting to watch how the NFL is king up north. And you can tell the NFL is king up north because of the north's willingness to forget previous players, previous hatreds, previous relationships with a snap of a finger. Like, 
snap your fingers, forget about it. That doesn't happen down south. And it's very funny to watch the constant support for Will Levis coming out of Kentucky fans versus the constant hatred of Will Levis coming from Tennessee fans. And this seemingly like bias that people carry into professional careers. We all know I root for Illinois. I hate Ohio State. I despise Ohio State. So do all my friends. So does all my family. We hate Notre Dame. We hate these colleges. Cole Komet gets drafted to the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields gets drafted to the Chicago Bears. You never would have even known the man was a Buckeye. He's ours now. We adopt him. He's our king. He's our prince. He's our savior. We love our quarterback the minute he becomes our quarterback. And it's wild to me that in the South and in like this sort of Titans, Vols, Alabama, Kentucky, like this SEC country, people care more about the allegiances to their college football team and the college guy went to than the NFL uniform that's on his back. It's interesting. And not everybody's that way. Yeah. It's yeah. just very fascinating to me to watch it. So I, I and I think it's silly. I think, you know, forget about where the guy got his college. But I think NIL and, money. And look, I, Mr. Jones, who is the biggest, what's the right word? Um, the biggest culprit of what you're talking about says if Levis would good was good, it would be different. Like, cause and then he says that he loves Derrick Henry and Mr. Jones is a massive Tennessee fan that hates Will Levis and thinks that Will Levis is a bust. Like in titanium Titan, who has that UK profile picture probably thinks the opposite. Like, I think that's the thing too, is that sec fans have struck such strong opinions on players based on college performance, too, yes. which is, it, I think is another wrinkle to it is that like you watch like NFL scouts watch performance, obviously, but they also look for projectability. They, yeah. they look for tools. They look for these things to determine if a player can translate well. And because, uh, you know, South Carolina went six and seven and wasn't a top eight going to the college football playoff. Everybody thinks such and such player from South Carolina sucks. And that's not true. And, uh, you know, this is like somebody commented, Lou man said on Purdue, Sammy man. Well, I hate Purdue. I hate Purdue a lot. And yet if, uh, if Zach Eady got drafted to the Chicago bulls, that's my guy now. Like we, we like, I love him and I hate, I hate Zach. You probably Eady. lost I, a lot of people on dropping Zach Eady and people are who? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's college basketball for me, but yeah. You know. But so here, here's the thing. I, I was somebody back in 2006 that thought the Titans should have gone with Jay Cutler out of Vanderbilt over Matt Leiner and Vince Young. Right. That's me being a Tennessee guy. Yeah. Right. That, to me, because I thought Jake Cutler, who got Vanderbilt competitive and Vanderbilt was winning more games than they had the previous 15 years, that's I, I viewed that as different. And that and look, he was the best of those three, right? He lasted way longer than Leinert and Vince Young did. Vince Young was a flash in the pan. He didn't have the he had a little bit of Johnny Manziel in him where he didn't, you know, dedicate himself enough to the NFL game uh, for that to play out. But Again, like I think it's super. I think it's the fact that Will Levis is a polarizing player well, across the entire SEC. Here's, here's an important difference because I, I agree with that that he's polarizing. But 
when you're an SEC fan, you need to be like a player needs to it. If he plays for your college and gets drafted to your team, he's already the guy. And yeah. I, I get that, right? People thought Hendon Hooker is going to be this legendary NFL quarterback and maybe has a great career, but you know, scouts thought otherwise when they were in the draft and passing on him. So that is one aspect, but if you're not with the team, you need to prove yourself and separate yourself like Derrick Henry has done being a legend for people to, to, to earn the support of the fan base, which is very different from how it is where I'm from. Like I said, where I'm from, you get drafted, you become the guy, the savior, the hero until you show us and give us a reason not to embrace you anymore. And it's it, like, it's because college is king down, down in the South. It's because SEC is more important to sports fans in the South than their pro leagues are. It's why you see poor attendance at a lot of professional sports teams in the South. And yet every single SEC stadium is sold out every Saturday because they care more about college than pros. But it's just an interesting culture to me. I think, and like as a pro sports guy, more than a college sports guy, it has never really made a ton of sense. Yeah. I hear you. All right. So let, we have to talk about with throwing shade, um, the Michael or Tui family situation with the blind side. Look, I, you know, the blind side book is the last summer reading that I actually accomplished in high school. Like hmm. my, I think it was my junior year. I didn't do summer reading the last year and a half or whatever it was. Uh, but I read Michael Lewis's The Blind Side book, and it was an awesome book. I loved it. And then I, you know, the book was better than the movie. The movie won a bunch of awards and made a bunch of money, right? But this is this situation surprised me zero. Like that that this is how the Tui family allegedly handled the adoption or control of Michael Orr. And I remember Michael Orr spent one season with the Titans. And he was so uninterested in talking to the media because of the years of being asked and talked about the blind side, the movie and how it portrayed him as, you know, a, a big dumb guy that was just protective. And that was why he made it. This Tui family saved him. Right. Like I feel like it portrayed him and it looked more on Leanne Tui played by Sandra Bullock than it was the story of Michael Orr. And so I think it, um, I think it it does not surprise me that this is what Michael Orr is alleging. I think it flat out sucks because I think there was a legitimate relationship there between Michael Orr and the Tuies because draft night, they were there. I was at Nissan Stadium. Ole Miss played. No, it was, uh, I can't remember. The Tuies were there watching some type of game that Michael Orr was involved with. And I think there's a legit, there was a relationship there until all of this came out where he might have been Britney Spears uh, and Amanda Bynes, where he had no control over that. So I hate it because it was a good story um, and I believed it for a while, but I think it's, I think it's unfortunate. And then I also agree with Jeff. Uh, people that are attacking Sandra Bullock is, is yeah. they're missing the point. Like she was awesome I, in that movie. Yeah, I, <laughs> she was incredible. Like I felt like I felt I can't remember. I think it was like the New York Post like did their story about this lawsuit, and they used images of Sandra Bullock in the movie. 
not actually Leanne Tui. It's like defamation almost. Yeah, like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> like Sandra Bullock crushed it. She was hired to do a job and she nailed it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a completely different story. So that is my shade that um, the movie was not as good as the book. If you haven't read the book, go read the book because it's more football. Do you want to read the book now? Yes, because the, the book had had football history and education in it about the left tackle position. Oh, okay. It was like chapter about Michael or chapter about the left tackle chapter about, or tackle about the left tackle. And it was just rotated through, um, you know, how you, how the left tackle became, you know, this premier position. Yeah. I, I don't know much about the situation. I saw one SJ two. We did some interview that he is like, saying that how, what went down allegedly is not actually what went down or what Michael is claiming went down is not how it went down. Uh, and I'm sure that we have not heard the end of this yeah. whole situation. I was just sad because I liked the movie. It was one of my favorite movies growing up. And I like, I don't know, I love the movie. But, you know, obviously uh, it's a very unfortunate story to hear that this relationship is in the state that it is and that Michael is feeling the way that he is. So, uh, yeah. I don't know a ton about it. I don't, yeah. uh, I have not researched or educated myself on the topic enough to, uh, you know, come down on anybody. But if what he is alleging is true, it's obviously uh, horrible for him. And, and uh, you know, a very sad thing that he is now just uh, coming around to realizing that he was taken advantage of in a lot of ways and that a movie is being dishonest and that it's now over a decade of being out there and watched by everybody. And, you know, that's uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of irreversible at that point. Yep. Agreed. Uh, the toothpaste is out of the tube, but Hey, that'll do it for us. Sam is getting ready to head to Titans joint practices against the Vikings here in a couple hours up there in Minneapolis. So we'll see his full report tomorrow morning after what happened to make sure that you uh, are checking in with our social media because we're going to have tons of content out there. Make sure you like the show, hit that thumbs up button. Always more people watching that have hit the like button. So please hit that like button for us. We'd appreciate that as we always do. And then uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning for Sam's full breakdown of day one of joint practice. Buck rising live tonight. A to Z sports prime thumb at eight. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Appreciate it as always.